Thanks for joining us today on the Jesus Famous Podcast. Hey, when it comes to stress, it seems like there's always some kind of new pill, practice, book, oil, uh, whatever you have that everyone's talking about. But as Christians, it's so important for us to first ask this question. What does God's word say about handling stress? So today we're taking a look at the life of King Hezekiah and seeing how God sustained him through all the bad news that came his way. When Hezekiah is going through his pressure points and when we're going through our pressure points, there is a very real possibility that those pressure points will kill us. But when as a believer you're able to attach to the real kingdom, I think that there's some peace that comes in. Hezekiah is the king of Israel. Assyria is coming to to overcome Israel and had actually already overcome Judah. And Hezekiah hears the news and begins to ask God for help. And the beautiful part about this story is that through the imminent you know, news of attack that Hezekiah trusted in the Lord. And just love this article, Nate, about how Hezekiah handled stressful news. I think just a really good word for us. Mm. But I thought we could get into um, some of these main points that you laid out in the article, um, just kind of going through the ways that he did handle this stress. The first thing was that he went to the house of the Lord. And I love this. Hezekiah had a physical place to go to, to talk to the Lord. And like you mentioned in the article, modern day Christians don't really have a temple, but we know that God has made himself available to us. So I just wanted to ask, you know, just to kind of start this, what does it look like for Christians today to go to the house of the Lord? Yeah, my my way of saying it in the article was to focus on the fact that the temple era gave way to the spirit residing inside of believers Hmm. today. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we are called now the temple of the Holy Spirit as Christians. So certainly one way that you could think about Hezekiah going up to the house of the Lord, it'd be tempting to think about, well, we also can go to not the temple, but to church and we can gather together with Mm -hmm. other Christians, you know, things like that. And sometimes we'll even refer to the gathering, the ecclesia, Mm -hmm. the church as the house of the Lord. But for me, I, I wanted to think about it in or from the angle of the spirit making us individually into the house or the temple mm-hmm. of the Holy Spirit. And That's how, I, I guess, kind of the the thought that I had about that was um, we have an opportunity to, whether it's through prayer or um, scripture reading or study or fasting or solitude mm-hmm. yeah. um, or sacrifice or generosity we have a lot of different spiritual disciplines that Mm -hmm. god has given to us whereby we can uh, activate or or live in what we are as the temples of the holy Mm -hmm. spirit and so in a sense what i'm excited about with hezekiah is that he was basically 
using the access that was granted to him to God in That's his right. era. Mm -hmm. And so I want Christians today to do the same. I love that. You know, there are so many things that are stressful, you know, in life. <laughs> and learning how to go to God in the midst of those pressures and stresses is a really big part of the Christian life and experience. Yeah. Learning how to, in the heat of a pressure that's bearing down on you, how to take a minute to get apart and to cry out mm. to the Lord about yeah. that and to talk to him about that. It's, it's a, it's a discipline really, because mm -hmm. when the pressures come, you feel overwhelmed and you just kind of yeah. want to like have a meltdown kind of thing. It's, you don't want to go to the Lord so mm -hmm. often, but that is the access that we have. So that's what I was alluding mm -hmm. to there. You know, the importance of, you know, basically learning how to pray, learning how to yeah. cry out to God, learning how to turn to him uh, when those kind of pressures come or mount in life. Amen. I know for me, some of the most powerful moments of relief from stress have been when I close a door and put in my headphones and turn off the lights and just worship for a little bit, whatever that kind of looks like, but just gain that chance to kind of enter into that practice of just singing before the Lord, just being with him. That's so true. Going to the house of the Lord is so important for dealing with stress. The second thing you mentioned here is that Hezekiah spread the letters before God. So Hezekiah received some news about the Assyrians coming and he had to go and tell God everything that was going on. He didn't um, try to avoid the situation or go to even anybody else, it seems, but he was just right before the Lord, mm -hmm. honest and direct. I just love that. But I think, you know, sometimes it feels like maybe God is too busy or maybe disinterested in the details of our problems. But um, I just wanted to ask you, you know, is this kind of the same thing that God is wanting us to do today? Just to like bear all the the details, the hmm. the full kind of picture of what we're going through? Yeah. Or just, is he just like, I know this already. You don't need to say all that. Yeah, one of my favorite verses is 1 Peter 5, 7, where we're told to cast all our care upon mm. him because he cares for us. So I've always taken that to mean that, yes, the Lord welcomes us talking to him about what we know is mundane yeah. to him. You know, mm. if, if he were... Yeah. If he were like us, hmm. yet with omniscience, you know, then this would be That's mundane. Cool. Yeah. If he were like us, yet had re the responsibility that he still has as God, mm -hmm. then it would be mundane. But the thing is, he's not like us. Yeah. So even though he knows everything and has full sovereignty and power and control and all of that, and even though he looks into the hearts of human beings and his big care is, mm -hmm. you know, their eternal destiny and soul yeah. and everything like that. Even though all that's true, that doesn't mean that he doesn't care about or is incapable of caring mm -hmm. about the things that I care about, you know, and that I'm consumed with. Mm -hmm. And I, I think my, my thought with that part of it, you know, I just always love that picture of Hezekiah mm -hmm. taking these letters that were written, written to him to threaten him. Right, yeah. And spreading them out before God, you know, like mm -hmm. here they are, you know, here's my, here are my accusers, here's mm -hmm. what they have detailed, you know, like I know that you see this, I know that you know about these accusations, but um, I'm laying them before yeah. you. I've always loved that image. Mm -hmm. 
And I think, uh, so kind of my thought with that part of the article was just that I think sometimes we spend a lot of our time in prayer. Um, I don't know, just feels like a spiritual gesticulation, you know, like it's just <laughs> this um, flowery speech, yeah, right. same <clears throat> words over and over again. Um, real pious sounding mm -hmm. we just we just begin to to sound differently than we do when we're yeah. talking to anybody else and i i get the temptation and i get the the feeling I mean, you are, ta are talking to the everlasting god yeah. after all and he's invisible so it's bound to change mm -hmm. your verbiage a little bit but sometimes it's like hey stop beating around the bush like just yeah. tell him what's going on mm -hmm. you know he knows you know he knows what's on your heart in the yeah. first place. You know, just just detail it before him. Lay it out there before him. Tell him what's going on. Of course, he knows already, but he invites that kind of dialogue. That. You know, yeah. he. Of course, we could say to God, God, I have problems. You know my problems. Help me with my problems. And he does know all your problems. Um, better than you do. Yeah. You know. Right. It, it's like you might enumerate your problems to the Lord and he might say, you think those are your problems? <laughs> oh, okay. Hmm. But um, he invites for us to, to actually lay it out. Okay, there's this thing. There's this relationship. There's this question. There's this shortfall. There's this hmm. limitation. And I think part of the reason that he likes when we spread that out before him is because there are things that he wants to shift in our heart about those things. Right. There are things he wants to do. He loves to answer those prayers. So mm -hmm. it's good for us to articulate it to the Lord, to actually yeah. go through the process of giving these burdens over to him. Mm, I love that, just giving them over to the Lord. That kind of goes right in tandem with your next point about Hezekiah placing his hope and faith in the Lord. I kind of combine those two together, but um, Hezekiah did just have like a faith and a hope in the Lord. And that really struck me thinking about this because it seems like, you know, Hezekiah was a king. It seems like he would maybe put his faith in his leadership skills or in his army or in his plans, but instead he chooses to place his hope fully um, in God. And Nate, you're the leader of our church. I I thought I could just kind of ask you, just as a leader, can you talk to us about what what it's like to be a leader and still be humble before God like this when bad news comes, when stress comes? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think if you're in a position of leadership anywhere um, and you're not delusional, it's so hard uh not to feel anything but just a mm. desperation yeah. at times because you just know your own limitations. You know that you don't have the ability or the resources to uh, take care of the problem, you know, that's mm. at hand. And it's a real humbling, yeah. you know, kind of thing. You know, I was thinking about it just uh, today about, you know, the just the, the lies that people are bombarded with. Oh, yeah. constantly you know the proliferation of voices that are coming from inside the church that are doubting scripture mm. 
are twisting scripture, are denying scripture. And these voices are everywhere. Mm -hmm. And it feels so uh, impossible at times. You know, what are we going to do about that? You know, we're one church and you just know that people as they go and live throughout their daily lives are watching videos and reading things that just are potentially cancerous. Mm. And it feels really impossible. How in the world do we combat that? Mm. You know, and you, you just, I think it's the sheer impossibility of the situation that cultivates that kind of desperation. Mm. Now, I guess it's up to the individual on whether that desperation is going to lead to humility like you asked about you know um clearly if pride is there then more than likely someone will not feel desperate or it will take quite a bit for them to come to a place of desperation but i think it's probably also possible that after you come to that place of desperation you still don't humble yourself before the lord and you just kind of feel despairing perhaps because you're still looking to your own strength so it Mm. it really takes this kind of prayer from from hezekiah you know he says you are the god you alone of all the kingdoms of the earth kind of my thought there was just that you know he of course was the king in israel but he in no way felt like this was a battle between israel and assyria he felt like Mm. there's a third kingdom you know, yeah. it's God's kingdom. There's a third army. It's God's army. Mm. And we want to align ourselves with his kingdom and with his army that we might thrive and survive, you know. Wow. So that's a humble kind of <laughs> prayer, you know, coming yeah. to the Lord in that kind of way. And talking about the kingdom, you know, the last thing you mentioned here is that Hezekiah loved God and God's kingdom. Um, he- Hezekiah recognized God's throne, his authority, and his power. Um, which, you know, I think for him as a king probably meant one thing, or maybe he had an easier time visualizing that and picturing it, but we as Christians today want to value God, I think, in the same way, but we can oftentimes become distracted in our understanding of God's kingdom and purpose, maybe because we have a misunderstanding of kingdom and authority and things like that. I thought maybe you could just take a moment just as we kind of close this. Can you share with us what is God's kingdom like today, and how can we develop a love for it. Well, when Jesus came, he declared that the kingdom was near. And this has been a subject of lots of theological debate, you know, over the years. What is the kingdom? Where is the kingdom? When is mm-hmm. the kingdom coming? But in general, Christians believe that the kingdom is both now but not yet. So mm-hmm. in other words, there is a point coming where God's kingdom will be fully realized and experienced Mm -hmm. Uh, when Christ returns and his rule and reign is made manifest his kingdom will have come this is what we're praying for your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven now there are lots of different views as to what the particulars will be of how that kingdom will come Um, and this is where some of the debate seems to come in a little bit today. Um, But I believe that the kingdom was imaged or foreshadowed in the first coming of Christ. 
in the healings, the miracles, the uh, cleansings that he produced. And I certainly believe still that the spirit can heal a person today uh, and cleanse a person today. But I believe mostly that that work of Christ in his first coming was a peek into what the full kingdom will look like in his second coming. Personally, I think that there are too many prophecies in the Old Testament about God turning his judgment onto the world, the Mm -hmm. earth, literally, and turning his attention to Israel once again, Mm -hmm. literally, uh, for those prophecies not to be dealt with. So I believe that there will be a time of great trouble here on earth in the future. And then after that, Christ will return to earth here and establish his kingdom on earth here for a thousand years. And then following that time, that will be when we'll experience the classic new heaven and new earth that comes in. So I think in, in all of that, we will say we are living in God's kingdom or the kingdom of Christ. Uh, but that doesn't mean that we can't be kingdom people or kingdom-minded right. today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to be kingdom-minded today doesn't just mean that we fixate our hope on heaven, although that's an important part of it. It also means that we do the things of the kingdom. So mm. we are to be people that are filled with love. We're to be other-centered. We're to be sacrificial. We're to be people of the word of the king, you know, looking at what he has to say to us. We're to be in communion and fellowship with the king, though he's far off and has yet to return. We can know him and relate to him and pray to him and cry out to him. We're to be a people of good works, the Bible makes plain. And that's part of what being in his kingdom looks like is that we're manifesting the leadership of the king Mm -hmm. in a sense the book of hebrews is a great uh, epistle dealing with the kingdom today or the Mm -hmm. the the already but not yet aspect of the kingdom because in ephesians the vision is of jesus as the head in heaven of a group of people his body the church who are on earth. So his mind, the mind of the king, informs the behavior of his body or his people, the kingdom. So, you know, part of being in the kingdom today is knowing what the king has done for us on the cross, the the uh, ramifications of his cross, and then the outworkings of it. Mm. So, you know, the outworkings in Ephesians are we are unified together as a church. We grow in learning the word together as a church so we can minister to each other. We put off uh, our bodies of sin and flesh and we no longer behave like the world around us. We put on Christ and his behavior and his attributes. We connect to our father in heaven. We start acting like his children rather than like we used to be before Mm -hmm. we were in Christ. So we act as the regenerated people that we really are walking in the light, walking in truth, putting Mm -hmm. off sexual immorality. Then we submit to one another. We're filled with the spirit. We sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to one another. In marriage, you have wives following the leadership of their husbands and husbands loving their wives sacrificially. You have in the family, children obeying their parents and and fathers especially, 
uh, serving their mm-hmm. children, not provoking them to anger. And then in the workplace, you have great submission to one another, those in authority, those who are not in authority, submitting to one another. And then a mentality that says there's a spiritual battle that we're in and we're going to be about this war. We're going to be um, aggressive in the things that God has asked us to do in preaching the gospel, praying, uh, reaching out to all nations. We're going to make that a priority of our lives when we realize we're in a war that is trying to keep us mm-hmm. from doing that. So that's kind of a little loose outline of the book of Ephesians, which I think is a great perspective on what the kingdom looks like because you have like i said the king in heaven his mind and forming his body on earth his kingdom on earth though it's not the full revelation yet of his kingdom um, and won't be until he returns it's us living it out today and being about it today so in thinking about the kingdom how does remembering god's kingdom like hezekiah remember god's kingdom how does that help us through stress what does that kind of produce in us yeah well hezekiah's prayer was to god who he said was enthroned above the cherubim Mm -hmm. so in a sense what he was doing was he was elevating right he was going Mm -hmm. up Mm -hmm. to the real kingdom so i think that's the answer that to the question you're asking in that he was seeing the real kingdom, you know, and the real kingdom is going to last forever. The real kingdom Mm -hmm. is indestructible. So the thing is when Hezekiah is going through his pressure points and when we're going through our pressure points, there is a very real possibility that those pressure points will kill us. You know, I mean, they could be that severe. Mm -hmm. We have no guarantee, you know, that the cancer won't get us or, you know, whatever. But when as a believer, you're, able to attach to the real kingdom i think that there's some peace that comes mm. in because you're seeing okay there's this forever thing and it brings a peace upon you and then probably also just the perspective as well because i was explaining this to somebody the other day when you are a kingdom person you're actually better equipped to handle the pressures and the sufferings of life than others partly for a lot of reasons you know the spirit in you the word of god helping you navigate things like that but at the end of the day a lot of these things are just still mysteries to us we don't know Mm -hmm. you know why is this happening you know stuff like that but a kingdom person like what they really want is they want to manifest the attributes of the kingdom they want love and they want to be about people and they want to have the right priorities and stuff like that Well, a lot of times pressures and sufferings in life, they produce that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, they kind of are, are, uh, they're, they're good often at, uh, chipping away or shaving away like false dependencies, Mm -hmm. things that we shouldn't lean on. So like Hezekiah, all of a sudden, you know, pressure comes into his life and boom, he's praying. Well, if you're a kingdom person, like you're already saying, I want to pray. I want to be a person Mm -hmm. who prays. So when stuff like this happens in your life, it's not like you're saying, oh, yippee, I'm so stoked that the trial came into my life, but you're better prepared to endure it because as you're praying, it's like you're smiling because you know, I'm praying. This is what I wanted all along. I wanted to be a person of prayer all along. This is kind of happening to me right now as I go through this, you know, struggle. Yeah. So that's probably part of it. So 
I think there's there's probably many answers to that question, but that's what comes to mind for me. Thanks for tuning in today. If you'd like to hear some more content from Pastor Nate, please subscribe to the Jesus Famous Podcast. Each week we'll be posting conversations just like the one you just heard, as well as some live readings that Pastor Nate is posting a couple times a week. For any more articles, books, or resources from Pastor Nate, please go to nateholdridge.com. Catch you next week.